Hello and welcome to The Rank List, where I, Alex Gilston, and my guest rank our top five favourite films in a particular theme. And of course, we also do our worst pick and honourable mention as well. Now, joining me on the first ever episode is the wonderful Amy Smith from Film for Thought. And today's theme, our top five list, is Pixar film. When Amy got in touch with me to say that her theme was going to be Pixar, I was so excited and I cannot wait for you to hear our top five picks. So let's get right on into it. Thought, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am not bad. Thank you very much. Very cold day today. I don't think it's going to change. I'm I'm, um, very cold, to be honest. Yeah, I I haven't left a house. I don't think I'm leaving (laughs) the house for a while. (laughs) I don't, unfortunately, I don't think anybody is, but let's get down to business. The top five films we are going to be doing today are Pixar films. Now, when you told me that this is what you wanted to be at your list, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, how am I going to do a top five? It's so difficult because there are, I believe, 22 or 23 Pixar movies. I think it's 23 now. 23 with, with Soul being the latest one. And yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, one of them is bad. Yeah, and I've probably not seen it. <laughs> it's probably a good thing that you've not seen it. But we'll we'll discuss that later. Anyway, let's get right down into business. We are going to be counting down our top five Pixar films. We're also going to be uh, doing the worst pick and also our honourable mentions later on. But we're going to start off with number five. So, Amy, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so I have a feeling when I say this is my number five, people are going to go, what's too low? Why is it only number five? But it is the original Toy Story from 1995. I'm okay with that, actually, because and we'll learn this later, but that isn't my favourite Toy Story movie. It is my favourite Toy Story movie. It's very close. Like, I don't know any other franchise in which somebody can say something's their favourite and go, yeah, I accept that. I accept any one of the four being a top Toy Story movie, which is insane. Yeah, because there, there literally isn't a bad Toy Story movie. I, I, I don't think you can say, actually, that there is a bad one. No, there isn't. There's people trying to say four is unnecessary, but I think four just added on to Woody's story, and I actually really love the fourth one just as much as the rest of the series. But yeah, I, I think it's just that it's just a connection to the first one that I have that I think draws me to that one. Is it the like the the nostalgia of it? A little bit, but it's weird. I have nostalgia for the video game more than the movie itself, <laughs> which is really strange. Think- but it's just the story overall. Did they do a video game for the second one? Because I think I remember playing that. If the was... I think so, yeah. When so when did the the first Toy Story movie came out in nineteen ninety two? I believe. Some Which yeah is a very long time ago, and I suppose it is. It's the film that kicked it all off. Yes, especially for Pixar, because we were in the middle of the Disney Renaissance, and then we get this three D animation like is this the future and it turns out to be the future but it's still weird to look back at it i mean even walt disney were like yeah this is the future that's why we're gonna buy it yeah exactly so what's your what's your favorite moment from toy story then oh god 
I think it might be the introduction of Buzz. That and how he just pops up and he's like, I am convinced I am a real human. I am this Buzz Lightyear person. And just getting to see that moment come to life. I, I think that's my favorite moment. It's such a it's such a big moment in the film and uh, how it's framed and all that kind of stuff. And the big kind of Woody just lifting his head up above the bed and seeing him for the first time, just standing there in his, his hero pose. And you're like, this is going to be very, very good. Yes. One, one of my um, favorite, and I'm pr- I, I hope this is real. I, I, maybe it's not. But did you know that um, in Toy Story, because uh, obviously Pixar was was very new then. Obviously, it was their first film. It was their first foray into doing computer generated animation, <laughs> and they couldn't actually properly animate human beings. That's why, for the majority. Um, of the first film, apart from Andy, I think you only really see the people's legs. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Uh, but there is one point, and this is when when it's uh, towards the beginning of the film, because obviously it's Andy's birthday, and uh, you get a little peek downstairs of all his friends coming in, and I think, and I saw a picture of it, um, and it's like a screenshot of this scene, and all of the kids' faces are all Andy. Are they? Apparently so. Yeah, I think. That's amazing. <laughs> and I, I, I've never, I never, I'd never thought about it before. But it's only Pixar would be able to get away with something like that, especially when they were first starting out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okie dokie. So we're now going to move on to uh, number five on my list, which is a bug's life. So this is, I feel like, one of those Pixar films where people go, well, people. I suppose people don't really think about it in mm-hmm. a way. Because obviously there's so many other brilliant Pixar movies that probably eclipse A Bug's Life. But A Bug's Life, the reason it gets number five is because it has possibly not only my favourite Pixar character, but one of my favourite animated characters of all time in it. And that is Heimlich the Caterpillar. <laughs> I absolutely adore. I've got a Pop Funko on a shelf in pride of place of Heimlich the Caterpillar. Um, I absolutely love him. I think he's such a funny character. And actually, I think that's what's so good about A Bug's Life is that all the characters are so rich and funny and re- relatable. It, it's, it's just such a wonderful film. And I also remember it being one of like the first Pixar films that I ever watched as well. The, there's this one scene, and it, it it did float around on Twitter actually for a while, uh, just this specific scene. Um, and the scene was, um, when, um, the the bad guy of the uh, of the film, which I believe was called Hopper. Uh, again, again, I I actually haven't seen a Bug's Life in in a good while. But um, anyway, the the yeah, the grasshopper, the big bad guy. Um, and they're in like the um the grasshopper like bar where they all um like convene to chill out and whatever and they're they're having this conversation about the the ants basically doing having this like upheaval and this revolution um and he uses the um the walnuts i think the walnuts or some or seeds or whatever uh that they have and <laughs> it's really funny because they're on like the background of the um uh, where the bar is they're like like you know like tapped like beer and you just like uh do it like do a screw and a seed comes out and then they eat the seed 
Um, and he's like, if there's there's one seed and that's okay, we can deal with one seed. And then he like pulls the cork out of the thing and it just completely flattens like three grasshoppers. And he's just like, that's what they could do if they all work together. And I'm just like, hmm, that's a bit too true to capitalistic life. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is such a wonderful film. I think it's so funny. Um, and, and that is why that is at my number five. We move on to a bit of negativity. We love doing our favourites. We all love our favourite films. But there are also films that aren't as good. That means it's time for the worst pick. I'll start off with mine. This is very difficult in this subject, like I was saying it towards the beginning. Pixar films are very good, aren't they? Like, like there are not many that aren't good. The only film that I thought would be able to go into this was Cars 2. Which I haven't seen. <laughs> Which you haven't seen. So let me explain. Uh, and the best way to explain this is to actually explain why Cars, the first Cars, is so good. Um, and uh, the first Cars is, is very different. And it's definitely not your conventional, like, go into it and, and watch it Pixar movie with the kind of the emotional messaging and all that kind of stuff. The, the hard-hitting subjects that Pixar sometimes um, like to, to, to sort of divulge into. Uh, but Cars is about, the, obviously, the main character, Lightning McQueen, and his kind of battle with his own narcissism and, like, you know, what is it worth it to be the best car or, you know, is it worth it to actually you know, help people out and make friends and all that kind of stuff. And it's so wonderful. And it has, it does have a really nice message as obviously most Pixar films do. But then we go on to Cars 2 and the writers thought, do you know what we, do you know what? Cars 1 has this really nice message. Do you know what we're going to do with Cars 2? Do you know what we're going to explore? That's right. International espionage. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they got a dartboard and they just put loads of different like story subjects onto the dartboard, closed their eyes and just threw the dart. It just makes no sense whatsoever. And I, I just really didn't have a great time with it at all. I understand why we made a second because it was clear this is a sort of marketing thing. We need to sell more toys. Yeah. But yeah i don't get that choice i knew it wasn't going to be great so i kind of just skipped it i was like i like cars the way it is i'm leaving it the way it is it, it is true that lightning mcqueen is probably one of the most popular pixar characters out there um but yeah i think they definitely went a bit too far we, we shall move on uh amy what is your worst pick for pixar films i would like to clarify that i am scottish I am a Scottish person, but I will be choosing Bray for this. I Like I said, I've not seen Cars 2 or 3, and I also haven't seen A Good Dinosaur, so they were all out running. And I've basically liked to love every other Pixar movie, and Brave is just, eh. It's all right. I think a lot of the issues I have is that it won Best Animated Feature over Wreck-It Ralph, which is genuinely one of the smartest Disney movies of the past two decades. Which probably is like it, it, 
it taints it taints my view of Brave because I'm like, this is not better than Wreck It Ralph. How did this win? The story is all right. I don't like Merida as a character. Um, I just have a lot of issues with it. I I think um, I didn't actually know that it beat out Wreck It Ralph. That's actually yeah. Made, that's made me very angry because Wreck It Ralph yes. is one of my favorite Disney movies. It's one. It's, it's just more. It's one in like the past twenty years. It literally it, like is one of the best, completely best, definitely, and. I, I, yeah, I like Brave. I don't get me wrong. I, I think it's a you know fun, enjoyable movie, but mm. yeah, yeah. kind of bland, kind of forgettable. The best thing that came from it was it getting into Wreck It Ralph two and having Merida speak very, very heavy Scots that I could understand perfectly, and no one else can. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only reason I'm happy this movie exists to have that Scottish representation. Yes, we we do. We need more Scottish representation in animation films. Definitely. Absolutely. So now we have done our worst picks. Why don't you take it away with number four? Number four. This could just be a reason of like recency bias, but I am going with Soul for my number four as of right now. Well, funnily enough, Amy, my number four is also Soul. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so that works incredibly well. Um, so I know um, we actually discussed Soul a little bit on uh, your podcast for the Film Thought podcast. So yes. um, we'll keep it uh, um, fairly brief. But um, what is it about Soul that makes it is as one of the, the top five Pixar films for you? Maybe it's because of where I am in my life right now, but God, you can really relate to Joe Gardner and what he's going through and his feelings and just wanting, you're aspiring for one, especially right now during lockdown, it feels like we have to aspire for one thing at a time and we feel trapped and that whole idea of, no, you should really go out and live your life. And just kind of, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because you actually because i feel exactly the same way i'm that kind of person who has i'm very goal driven i kind of have that you know that one thing at the top of the pile the top of the ladder that i need to get through and by gunning for that the whole time you're kind of missing out on everything else aren't you and that and soul does portray that incredibly well and it was maybe maybe too relatable (laughs) to be honest with you um but yeah, it's such a wonderful film and it's so creative. And I think as well, just to add on um, to sort of the story aspect to it, that just the animation style is incredibly, just it's impeccable, really. I um, Oh, absolutely. It, it doesn't miss a beat at all. And one of my, um, one of my favourite bits is, um, and I can't for the life of me remember the character's name. It's Jerry, one of the Jerry's. No, there's only one Jerry, isn't there? The the counter. There's one Terry. Terry. Terry is the counter. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. So Terry, who's the counter, when um Terry goes to Earth and um sort of shows up in in the background of the of the city in loads of different places like the um like the walking sign on the traffic lights and uh, a fence and like a poster on the subway. I just thought that was like so inventive and so new and different. And 
and it was such a wonderful way for them to fit that wild animation style that they've gone for for the the great beyond um and bringing it and grounding it on earth i just thought was so so wonderful every time i think pixar's gonna go too far with making things look realistic they always know how to add that little bit of fun animation to it exactly yeah and um it's the same thing as well with like the the animation style of the humans it's not quite fully realistic but it's still it's still really good and nuanced enough for it to be easy on the eye and still look really amazing oh absolutely and we are now going to move on to number three and for me at number three is Toy Story 3. Okay. Now, as we were mentioning before, the Toy Story franchise, the series of films, one to four, is possibly one of the most perfect franchises to exist. There isn't really like a bad film in the franchise. And I agree with you completely about number four, about it being just as good as the rest. And it also adds on to, adds on to the the greatness of of the uh, the trilogy but toy story 3 for me is just one of those films that is so amazing and and i think i do sit in that opinion of i do believe it's better than the fourth toy story um if not only for the fact that it so i think the main thing that toy story 3 was about was obviously like saying goodbye to your childhood and kind of letting go and that thing because it was like Toy Story 3 was the end of Andy's story as Toy Story 4 was the end of Woody and Buzz's story I suppose yeah um and that was really uh, like Andy saying goodbye to his childhood by giving the toys to Bonnie that was incredibly relatable to me because I was at the age where it was I was starting to get a bit older and it, the same things were happening to me. I was starting to fall out of love with things that <clears throat> that I'd really loved as a child. And um, I, I suppose it kind of helped in a way. It was kind of like, you know, it's okay to say goodbye. You might want to hold on to these things, but you don't necessarily have to. And also it's a wonderful film and it has got one of the best villains in a, in a, in a Pixar movie, bar one, but we'll talk about that later, um, in Lotso the Bear which did absolute bits for uh, Disney and Pixar in terms of uh, toy sales, because uh, that Lotso Bear that actually smells of strawberries, I mean, who didn't buy one of those? So yeah, Toy Story 3. I absolutely love it. And that is why it's at number three for me. How about you, Amy? What's at number three for you? Number three for me is The Incredibles. The incredible right okay so i toyed with this one toy story 3 was like a kind of late ad for me okay I was kind of teetering on the edge between the incredibles and ratatouille um and i eventually chose toy story 3 so let me know why why the incredibles um uh, it came at a time like before we had marvel and all that and it made i feel like such a big impact because there's complete freedom of creativity of these superheroes and I think you also have incredible villains and incredible story 
Uh, Jack Jack is just absolutely hilarious. I think you've just got all the elements in there to entertain anyone at any age. Yeah, it it is an absolutely wonderful film, and I remember it being one one of the Pixar films that I would constantly watch as a child. Like, yes, it would always have to be on. And also Edna Mode. I feel like she deserves a mention. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely wonderful. I don't think there's a single bad, even Frozen. Like, I love the entire, every single character in this film. I don't, yeah, I don't think there is a bad character. And, and you know what as well? I think, like you're saying, the best thing about it is like, because it wasn't attached to any kind of source material like mm-hmm. all the superhero films are now. It was completely original and... Um, it just works so well and the villain uh, in um, Syndrome and that kind of little plot twist even though I suppose like as an adult you'd probably see that coming as a kid that was like mind-blowing oh absolutely the the reveal on that um, and it also looked beautiful as well considering it came out in like 2004 like, oh yeah the, the setting on the island that's like so nice like, even when you compare it to Incredibles 2, which came out, what, less than two years ago, yeah. it makes you look at how incredible it was the first one in 2004. Let us move on to number two. Take it away, Amy. So my number two, Peak Doctor Strikes Again, it's Inside Out. Of course. Now, I don't know whether, because I might, I might have to spoil it here, but Inside Out is my number one. Okay. So maybe maybe we'll leave Inside Out until, until next. Yeah, sounds then, good. Okay, so um, we will talk about that in just a little bit. My number two is, um, and again, these two films, my second and my first film, they're like vying for the top spot, depending on how I feel. Uh, but number two for me is Coco. This is one that was hard for me to leave off the list. It is just, I remember watching this movie for the first time and just being absolutely blown away by it. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I have ever cried as much at a Pixar movie as I have at Coco. The ending where he's singing Remember Me to Coco, I I was done. It was over for me. I could not see a thing. If, if somebody asked me, like, what is the ultimate Pixar crying tear moment? It's the ending of Coco for sure. It, ha- it has to be. It really does. And uh, again, another thing, like, it was a- another kind of turning point for the animation as well because, you know, the the land of the dead in that film is just next level it is a feast for the eyes oh absolutely and all the different little aspects of it from the kind of the really bright lights of um Ernesto de la Cruz's mansion to the really dark suburbs where um you know where if you get forgotten you fade away kind of that that kind of stuff and just it was just so good and this is where i mention where I think uh, Bar Lotso from Toy Story 3, Ernesto de la Cruz, is possibly the best Pixar villain of all time. Certainly one you don't expect coming from a first watch. 
No, not to see that. That's another thing as well. Yeah, it was a great twist. Um, but also it was incredibly realistic because I feel like that thing happens in real life way more than we give it credit for. Like, yes, you know, people stealing people's um, material and, and becoming famous off it. And, you know, the people who actually created the, you know, the material just being forgotten and, and not, not even talked about, um, which I thought also was another great aspect of it. Um, but overall, you know, just the characters and everything, just absolutely wonderful. And honestly, again, it was so difficult to pick between Coco and Inside Out. But uh, as as of this moment, that is that is how it is. Before we go on to our number ones, um, it's time for the honourable mention. The film that wasn't deserving of the top five spot but one that you thought was was deserving of of at least a, a little mention uh so amy what what is your honorable mention yeah i've chosen one that i feel like nobody really talks about anymore which is a real shame and that is wally i agree you know i adore wally and that was another one for me that was quite difficult to not put on the list because of of how much i love it you're right. I think Wally is definitely one of the more underrepresented Pixar films out there. Yeah, and it's also like the world building is probably maybe aside from Coco, the best world building Pixar has done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. And just, yeah, the characters and even like the lore and the whole setup of this like organisation and everyone becoming so fat that they can't do anything and trying to get all that uh, just everything about it's so smart it's incredibly smart even for a Pixar film that we don't even realize it yeah I yeah completely and um the soundtrack as well of Wally oh, I think is definitely yeah. one of the most one of the most understated Pixar soundtracks but it is one of the best I absolutely adore it to the moon and back and also as well I think with Wally is its connection to um to the other Pixar films. Obviously, one of the best things about Pixar is all the little Easter eggs and all the little connections. But it's that whole thing about obviously the world being beyond that point where it was inhabitable to humans and seeing the Dynaco trucks and you know petrol stations and all that kind of stuff. And seeing how that connects to Toy Story and, and Incredibles and all those other kind of Pixar movies. And just being Oh, right. Okay. Now you're being really clever. Yes. So my honourable mention, and again, this is another one I think deserves um, a bit more attention. And that is The Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen that one. So The Good Dinosaur for me, I remember watching this at Christmas one time. I'd never seen it before. And I think, again, it is like proven by yourself is one of the Pixar films that uh, quite a few people might not have seen or might not even realise is a Pixar film. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing with Brave as well. I feel like people don't realise that's a Pixar film because, you know, it's kind of more Disney princessy. type. Yeah, thing. I completely agree with that. Um, so, yeah, so I remember it was on TV at Christmas. So I thought, you know what? It's one I haven't watched, so why not? Let's watch it. And I loved it. I, I thought it was so wonderful. And I think critically it doesn't, reach the heights that some other Pixar films do 
But um, I, I I just thought as as the story goes, it's fun. It's good enough for a family to watch. It's one of those where you just sit back, don't really think about it. You also get a little Pixar crying towards the end as well. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, I think just just overall, it does deserve a bit more attention, and that's why I put it in that particular position. It is now time for the big leagues. It is our number one Pixar film, which was incredibly hard for me to pick. I don't know how hard it was for you, Amy. Uh, number one was really easy. Oh, it's easy for you. Okay. Yeah, I've had the same number one since, like, since I started watching Pixar films. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll we'll do, we'll save yours for last then. I feel like that'll be okay. good because. My, my number one is no secret. My favourite Pixar film is, of course, Inside Out, which, I, like I said, um, we'll keep brief because uh, it is literally what we talk about on your podcast, Film for Thought podcast. Yes. So we'll leave that conversation for, for there. But uh, overall, for me, Inside Out is just such a wonderful film. It's so clever. It's so mature and... I love what it did for, um, you know, for mental health and for the sort of, you know, it, it got people talking about mental health and for something so mature like that to be in a kid's film was very, very important. And it will be very, very important, I think, for years to come. Oh, completely agree. But anyway, I'm very excited to hear what your number one Pixar film is, so please do yeah and we actually share something in common because pete doctor actually directed both of our number ones my one is monsters inc i'm i'm happy with that i'm i'm happy with that being number one it uh, now i'm not sure why it didn't get on my list i suppose because there are so many it's really hard to juggle them all just because it's not on my list doesn't mean that i don't love it just as equally as you know, other people do. But anyway, take it away. Why Why Monsters, Inc.? Why is it your favourite Pixar film? It's a one that I would always stick on as a kid. I remember having a little mic bag and my little boo doll and all of the whole merchandise thing <laughs> when I was young. And I've still grown up just loving it. But even as an adult, you watch it and you get to that final scene of Sully and Boo and you're like, how can I not love this? How can I not cry and be connected with these characters and it has all the elements that we've talked about for this episode it has the creativity it has a world building it has an incredible villain in Randall it has the characters the crying it has everything that I love in Pixar I uh I, I completely agree I think it could actually be argued that Monsters Inc does have the best world building out of all of potentially the yeah I think especially for the doors and the whole like opening yeah, up all the doors exactly you, you know it with the Incredibles like you kind of go into it and it's like you know superheroes okay you know Ratatouille oh it's a rat that can cook like yeah okay it's a bit of a reach but with Monsters Inc you're like this is a world where monsters live and they use kids screams from earth to power their world like we are meant to just be on board with that from minute one yes but it works so well 
Because it kind of links in with what you feel as a kid. It's like, oh, there's a monster behind my closet. Exactly, exactly. And I think what um, what's so wonderful as well is um, them obviously realising that actually it's better it is better to make them laugh rather than scream. I, I absolutely yes. love that. I think that's so, so wonderful. And that will always be one of my favourite Pixar scenes, actually, when um, Mike goes into the kid's room at the end and you think he's going to scare him and then he just starts doing stand-up comedy. That's just like... Again. Yeah, there's there's so many little gags as well. So you've got Mike always being covered by like a sticker or like being undershadowed and him still loving it. You've yeah. got the 2319, you've got snow cones. There's just even just the smallest things that you can say to someone like, yeah, I understand that completely. I've got, I've got, I don't know whether this will be a difficult question, but I'll ask it anyway. Who is your favourite Monsters Inc. character? I don't, I think probably Mike. It's got to be Mike, considering, yeah, I think considering is... all the gags and jokes that he has. It's got to be him. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with Rose. Yes, I, <laughs> I absolutely love Rose. I think she's so brilliant. She's so mysterious, and then when it turns out that she's been there the whole time as like an undercover investigator, like so good. So amazing. She, yeah, she's absolutely wonderful. Did you know that, um, talking about Mike, did you know that Billy Crystal actually um, auditioned to be Woody in Toy Story originally? I think I heard that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he didn't get it. Tom, obviously, Tom Hanks got it. Um, and then, obviously, later down the line, they they uh, they got in touch with him and were like, do you want to be in Monsters, Inc.? And re- the rest is history, as they say. You couldn't have anyone other than Tom Hanks in that role. No, no. But then again, we wouldn't know any different. But Billy Crystal's voice, like thinking, thinking now on in retrospect, Mike Wazowski's voice as toys as Woody just doesn't doesn't work. No, it doesn't. But but there we go. Anyway, um, also one final thing on that, uh, Mr. Waternoose gave me that nightmares all all. Time. Oh, I'm not surprised. It's so creepy, and the line as well. I'll... <laughs> I'll um, I'll, what is it? I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. Yep. It's that, that, see, him and Randall were like a very good villain uh, pairing, definitely. Oh, they were, yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Amy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Before we go. Uh, if people want to catch you elsewhere, where can they catch you? Yeah, so I'm mainly active on Twitter, which is at Films of Amy. And basically anywhere is Film for Thought. So that will be podcasting. That will be my website. That's the best place to find what I'm up to. Uh, and of course, I was a, uh, a guest on um, your podcast, which yes. um, in which we talked about Inside Out. Yeah, which is what inspired me to do Pixar here. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's really good. Go and listen to the Film Thought podcast. There's some really great episodes and obviously the one including me as well. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I would just like to thank Amy again for being a guest on the very first Rank List. And the Rank List will be back next week as well with a new guest and a new theme. So 
please make sure you keep an eye you can find us on apple and just wherever you can usually find your podcasts and you can find me on twitter at presenter alex and of course as well i also present a radio show all to do with films on bolton fm uh, you can look for it at boltonfm.com it's called film on sunday and that is aired on Sundays from 2 until 4pm. Thank you very much for the music from Purple Planet Music and also a big thank you to Dylan who has done wonderful artwork for my podcast as well. So I will see you next week.